0: This is Peter Rosenberger, and one of the reasons I wrote my new book, A Minute for Caregivers, is because I remember the sinking, despairing feeling of struggling as a caregiver. No one knew what to say to me. I didn't understand, and others didn't understand me. For decades, I foraged along and tried to find my path through this medical nightmare that Gracie and I have endured for nearly 40 years. And I've learned to speak the language of caregivers. I speak fluent caregiver. No pastor, no counselor, no medical provider, no friend should ever throw their hands up and say, I don't know what to say to that caregiver because I do. Give them a copy of this book. is called A Minute for Caregivers When Every Day Feels Like Monday. They're easy to read one minute chapters that speak directly to the heart of a caregiver and you can get them wherever books are sold. A Minute for Caregivers When Every Day Feels Like feels like Monday. Friends don't let friends care give alone. Welcome to Hope for the Caregiver here on American Family Radio. This is Peter Rosenberger. This is the program for you as a family caregiver. More than 65 million Americans right now serving as a family caregiver, caring for that aging loved one, child with special needs, somebody with an addiction issue, somebody with trauma, somebody with some type of terrible diagnosis. How are you doing if you're one of those individuals? How are you holding up? What's going on with you? You're why we do the program, and so we're glad that you're with us. Hopeforthecaregiver.com. I am doing something very special today. I've never done this before. In the almost five years I've been on the air with American Family Radio, I've never been in the studios at American Family Radio. I'm here in Tupelo, Mississippi, and I'm thrilled to be here and get to see all these people I've been working with now for so many years, but I've never met them. And one of those individuals I'm very proud to uh, have today on the program is Jim Stanley. He is if you have complaints about the show, he's the guy that's responsible for it. He's the one that started this. And I get him about this because he did say this, that he's either going to be considered brilliant or it's going to crash and burn when he signed me on to this. And I am uh, I can't believe we've it's almost been five years, Jim.
1: It has, and it's amazing to see what God has done during that five years. I mean, think about it. This was a conversation over the phone we had not met each other No, just today we just, just met each other 10 right. minutes ago for And the first. so it, it was a phone conversation after phone conversation and then we said okay let's let's try it and so we did and the uh, the response was immediate i think that i was talking to somebody about this this is one of the few issues
0: in the the christian world that's affecting uh the the, the social issues that our country's facing with family caregivers and it's one of the few issues I believe as Christians we get to be on the offensive about. Mm-hmm. This is the largest radio program in the world for family caregivers here on American Family. We're going into this situation. We're not re- reacting to it. We're not responding to it. We're actually getting out in front of it by speaking life. I just did a whole video event here that will be out later on with American Family Association about speaking life. Do we speak life to people in distress? And this was your vision uh, as well as mine, you understand the caregiving world. You've been there, you still are there, yeah, and uh, and are a recipient of
1: some of it. That's right. And so, bring us up to speed of where you are. Well, you may not know, my father-in-law died a couple of years ago. My mother-in-law lives with us, and she's still grieving. Uh, not as severe as as when he first died, but you know, there are things that it it comes up sometimes like a tsunami where a thought comes up or a memory comes up or even a a photograph comes up. And so she's still walking through that, and uh, it's taking a toll. She's more aged now, and my wife, in fact, just the other day took her to the doctor because she was shaking, and we were afraid she was dehydrated and, and other things going on. And so they wound up in the emergency room, and they did give her a couple of IVs, and then... Uh, they you know they let her go home but uh, it's one of those things that grief is very real and if you have someone in your care group or in your family circle or even friend circle check on them make sure they're okay because you you don't know what kind of day they're having and they can always use encouragement and you know, if you encourage someone, you sometimes wind up encouraging yourself.
0: I think that's what happens with me. The more I say the things that we talk about on this program, the stronger I get because I'm reminding myself. I have caregiver amnesia mm-hmm. and I have gospel amnesia, so I have to remind myself of these things on a regular basis. I, I As you talk about grief, we're all going to grieve. We're all going to mourn. Jesus said, blessed are those who mourn, for they shall be comforted. The problem is— it seems as our society, we're doing everything we can to not mourn. Right. We want to medicate that mourning by sometimes with real medication, sometimes with other things. But when you're despairing or when you're raging, you're not mourning. And so therefore, the comfort won't be there. And sometimes we cry with those who cry. We grieve with those who grieve, as Scripture says. And this has been your journey with your mother-in-law, recognizing that this is part of it. She
1: has to mourn
0: but she's not required to despair.
1: No, and and that's true. But unfortunately in America, we want to put a time limit on everything. You know, I can remember uh, reading and seeing through different historical shows that at one time there was a period of a year's grieving, you know, where the, the widow or the widower, they wore black for the whole year. Uh, and I think some of that did lead to despair because they weren't encouraged to have any fun. But it's one of those things that you want to hit that balance and understanding that life goes on, but also you still have to be willing to hear that person. Lar- Larnell Harris gave me some of the best advice that I've, I've ever gotten, and we were talking about people in pain and what to do, and you know, he talks about all the platitudes that are used at funerals and used in, in helping each other get through things. And he said if you really want to help them, Just help them cry, you know, allow them that freedom and don't try and shut them down. Don't try and move on to the next topic because if this person is grieving and you see that and like you said, everyone's going to grieve, we don't want to be reminded of that. We want to move on to a safe place. We want to move on to a happy place. And so by doing so, we forget and leave those people behind because we have microwaves and everything can be done within a half hour.
0: I've seen this over and over and over with people that they are in a hurry to button it up because it is uncomfortable. But Scripture's not uncomfortable with our discomfort. Mm-hmm. And one of my favorite things as a pianist to do is, um, favorite's the wrong word, but one of the most meaningful things I do as a pianist is play at funerals because that's a time where the family is is reconciling with this reality of death and what I will do is often just play hymns in such a way that it just kind of settles them down. And Martin Luther used to say, "Where words fail, music speaks." Mm-hmm. And it's uh, no Hans Christian Anderson said that. Martin Luther talked about the music. Nothing exalts the soul more than uh, uh, music does, except for Scripture. And and so these great hymns that people want to hear at their funerals, they don't want to hear. You know the pep rally hips, right? <laughs> they, but but I will always, and it started with my uncle, my mother's brother. The first funeral I I did I played for like this. This is back in the early '80s. I played "Victory in Jesus," but I slow it down. Yeah, and I spend a lot of time on each syllable of "Victory." In Jesus, yeah. and I put chords in it that used to could get you thrown out of some churches, but right, <laughs> and, right. Uh, But I, my piano professor liked them. But I would play this. I heard an old old story about a Savior come from glory because I want people to remember that text because those things are spine stiffening and soul enriching. We're we're going to go, you know, our Savior is a man acquainted with sorrows mm-hmm. and grief, and and so we have a Savior that understands us. How
1: are you? feeling right now you've had a hard year you know I have been on the program with you when you've put that question to other people and unfortunately you don't accept lip service and so now (laughs) I feel like a butterfly that's just been pinned to the wall you know some days and and I don't mean this as a cliche even though it's going to sound like it Some days are better than others. Some days you're just tired and you want to give up. And I'm not talking about on my mother-in-law or in that situation. I'm talking about the burdens of life that coincide with any type of care given, even to your wife or to your spouse. Sometimes I just get tired. And because of that, um, it's easy to see that, why it takes such a toll on a single individual who who may also be tired.
0: I, I get that, and, and weary, but and we're going to come back to that in the next segment because I, I want to pause on this moment. Jesus said, Come unto me, all you who are weary and heavy laden. And what does that mean to us for those who are weary and heavy laden? Mm-hmm. And you are, I am, and so many in this audience are. But we have a Savior that recognizes that. Mm. And that's why we are having hope in this. That's what hope looks like, is recognizing that there is something more going on. This is Peter Rosenberger. This is Hope for the Caregiver. Hopeforthecaregiver.com. I'm here in the American Family Radio Studios with Jim Stanley and producer Pat, who is just, she keeps us all the straight and narrow. So this is a treat for me to meet all these wonderful folks. We'll be right back. This is Peter Rosenberg, and I hope you're enjoying this podcast. If you are, would you consider helping us do more of it and do it better by going out to standingwithhope.com slash giving, standingwithhope.com slash giving. Thanks so much. Welcome back to Hope for the Caregiver here on American Family Radio. This is Peter Rosenberger. This is the program for you as a family caregiver, and he does know the plans he has for you. I, here, I'm here, i here in the studios at American Family Radio in Tupelo, Mississippi, for the first time getting to meet all these wonderful folks that I've engaged with now for, for years. Uh, they don't come out to Montana very much, but they're wanting to have a big American family radio retreat out of Montana. Most of them that are hunters want to come out there. So want to have a safari. I'm, I'm a little concerned that there'll be a militia coming up from Mississippi to Montana. But I, I love that song that Gracie sings. Uh, he knows the plans he has for you. And I just did a, a video thing here that'll be out later on in the year. And I talked about God's provision and suffering and that there is his peace, his peace. Provision, his provision is his peace, purpose, and his presence. And Jim, as we went to the break, I'm here with Jim Stanley, who was the the first person to to bring me on here, and and he has um finally worked himself out of the doghouse for doing so, but he got a good gracious with all the higher ups here. No, he's he's been a great mentor and a friend through this. But as you hear those words of God's provision in suffering, his peace. His purpose, his presence, what does that do to you, knowing the kind of couple of years you've had? yeah,
1: and they've not been easy years, well, you know when you walk through that and you are at the point where your spouse becomes a caregiver to you to you know to yourself, then it it's a matter of pride, you know. Um uh, I know that wasn't one of the peas that you had, but it's uh it's <laughs> that's a one matter. of the peas addressed by that. That's right. <laughs> uh you have to get out of your own way sometimes. And so knowing that you don't walk alone and I mean this for someone who may be in that position that is a single caregiver. You know, they're the only one there, they're the only one doing the work. The rest of the family may have decided not to. And so you're the you're the one that's there um it is the fact that you as a believer you understand you never walk alone you know but at the same time i know there are people who listen to this program who don't know jesus but are encouraged by the fact that just knowing other people are out there walking through the same thing i don't know how they do it i don't know where that inner strength comes from if they don't have the presence of the lord because without that presence, you seldom find his purpose.
0: My sister said this the other day. I'm going to embarrass her, uh, but she said, "I don't, I don't. Again, I don't know how people do this without the Lord." She said, "There aren't enough drugs in this world to deal with the crazy." <laughs> you know, I mean, there's. I don't know how people do it, and and I, I, I hear what you're saying. And, and and one of the things that Milton said, the first thing that God said that was not good, this is before the fall. Mm-hmm that man was alone. And we were never meant to do this alone. We right. were never meant to live life alone. The Trinity is not alone. And I think this is the the astounding part of the plan of redemption is that Christ ripped himself from the Trinity and was truly alone, went to hell on our behalf. And God has borne all that
1: so that we don't have to. Mm-hmm.
0: And as caregivers, this is where we are. So we isolate ourselves, and, yeah. and that's what you're talking about.
1: When you talk about the moment of aloneness, think of the cross when Christ cried out, you know, Father, why have you forsaken me? But he knew the rest of the story. Even though he was truly and properly man, he never stopped being truly and properly God. He knew what was going to happen because of his sacrifice. And I think that's one of the reasons he wept so bitterly in the garden, if you will, is because he knew there might be people who would reject him. And we can't do that. As caregivers, we have to have something inside that gives us hope, or we can't give that hope. I mean, look at how long you've done this with Gracie, okay? That hope has to come from somewhere. And now the two of you support each other. You know, you you encourage each other because you don't listen to her sing and not hear the joy that she has for her Jesus.
0: Oh, when I hear her sing, and I tell her this all the time, Gracie's body is so broken. She's just an orthopedic train wreck. But when she sings, she ain't broken. Mm. She's not broken. And I've listened to that voice for a lifetime. She had me at, you know, do-re-me, right. <laughs> you know. She And and, and I've listened to that for a lot. Li- and, and as she's gotten older, even though she's had the, the, the pains of life and the surgeries and all that stuff— the, the quality of what she sings, the conviction that she brings to it. And I was watching she and um, Johnny Erickson Tata the other night. They were FaceTiming and Johnny They was singing to Gracie. And just the two of them singing to each other, mm. building up one another, saying, this is how we're going to get through this, knowing that this valley of the shadow of death is a very long valley at times but he's assured us of his presence through it. Amen. And that's his provision through it is his presence. And we keep thinking, God, bail me out of this. Get me out of this. Get me out of this. And and we hear these all too many pulpits saying, you know, victory, blessing, and breakthrough. But we don't hear them saying endurance, fortitude, perseverance. That's where the victory is and james talks about that in the book of james where that crown of life for those who persevere there's something different that's not just life eternal which is extended to all of us through christ there's something different about that some type of well, i don't know what that means a crown of life i remember gracie got some crowns on her teeth a while back and <clears throat> we were coming home from the dentist and she was kind of licking her teeth and saying you know feeling how it felt and she said do you have crowns she looked at me and she do you have crowns i said not in this life, baby, but I'm assured <laughs> I'm getting them in the next. <laughs> she didn't think he was nearly as funny as right, I did. Right. Uh,
1: as <laughs> she well, reached over and slapped me on the head. <laughs> you know, the, the crown of life uh, works hand in hand with the tree of life. And we know that that tree was Christ, and he continues to, to do that. And so the crown of life is that of eternity. And so what we see here, what we walk through here, is but a little while. In fact, it's interesting, the word vapor comes to mind because Bert came by my office earlier and his son is a, in the a ministry called Vapor. And they're going, he and his grandson are going to, not Bert, but the son and the, the grandson are going to Kenya here in just a little while. And so the ministry is named Vapor. Our life is but a vapor. But if we have endured, if we have overcome through Christ, if we have relied on His presence so that we might persevere, persevere. Sorry, well, we're present, we're, we're pressing we're in present. and
0: persevering. That's, <laughs> That's right. persevere. That's, That's a new it, word. There you go. Jim Stanley made it up right there, here, y'all,
1: right here on Hope for the Caregiver. <laughs> and so, uh, when when we see that, we look forward to that time when He wipes away that final tear, and we enter into eternity. That never said. Let me be clear about this. The Scriptures never says there's not any crying in heaven. But the promise is that the Father himself will wipe away the tears from our eyes and we will be in fellowship with him forever.
0: I was reading in we'll this... We'll have an altar call in a minute. We, I was reading in this about... And it just dawned on me, all the riches in Christ are ours. We're joint heirs. It was astonishing to 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 to... Just consider that for a moment. Everything that is his, that that is his, will be ours when we're with him.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: We were created a little lower than the angels, but in glory, we are elevated to joint heirs. We're sons of God. Right. And I, it was astonishing to even think about that. And I, I know that sometimes when we're dealing with the drudgery of this in our life, it's 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 almost like Pollyanna to think about it. But if we can just Hold on to this thought. A very good friend of mine told me this. We live in the moment, but we have the perspective of eternity, which mm-hmm. gives meaning to the moment. And if we could just hang on to that thought in these worst of times, knowing that he who began a good work is faithful to complete it to the day of Christ Jesus. Now, that's, I've heard a lot of preachers talk about that. I haven't heard a lot of people who took care of a wife suffering for 40 years talk about it. Right, <laughs> And so there is a difference of context. And this is what has sustained me. This is why I play a lot of the old hymns that I do. This is what has stiffened my spine. When you struggle with these things that you're struggling with right now, Jim, which are very real, what do you hang on to? What verse, what hymn, what what what, what grabs you and stiffens your spine?
1: Again, I have been pinned to the <clears throat> to the cork board. Pat, you can um, jump
0: in and rescue him if you yeah. need
1: to. <laughs> I think that, As far as music, you know, I go back. There are a lot of great praise and worship songs out right now. I want to be clear about that. Uh, There's some beautiful music that's out there. But I tend to go back to it as well. Sorrows Mm
0: -hmm. like sea billows roll, whatever, my Lord.
1: Knowing what that man had walked through, to have penned that song, and to have given God glory through it all, you know that's that's one of those things that we have to rely on. Uh, a couple of friends of mine in the industry, and I'm privileged to call them friends, Keith and Kristen Getty. They did a remake of it as well, and oh my goodness, the video with that, you know, you see the sea bellows mm. roll, you see the different things, and then the promise. They're they're up on a cliff overlooking some of the ocean. Uh, and you see the promise that there is a foundational stone, and it is well there. And so for me, that's one of the songs that I cling to. In spite of everything else, it's not up to Jim Stanley. Jim Stanley can do what he can and can't do, and that's his limitations. But with the Creator, there are no limitations. Now, I want to say this, too. I'm sorry, I know you were ready to No, no, to say no, no, go ahead. Um, I want to say this, too. You're my boss, Jim. Yeah, right. That doesn't mean that Christ promised it would be easy. In fact, he
0: promised the opposite. That's right. He said it would be. It That's would be right. hard
1: in this world. You will have tribulation. You will have trouble, but be of good cheer, for I, Jesus, have overcome the world. And I don't. I. I again, I. It's not super spiritual. Not spooky spiritual. It's in the book. Here's what it says. It, that's right. And if you have a problem with that, take it up with Jesus. He's the one that said it. Well, and this is why
0: I take this show the way I take it is because I, I, I want to say these things to hopefully give some bedrock, point people to bedrock. Mm-hmm. I don't wanna, I, I, here's here's what solid ground looks like as we do these things, knowing that we are going to weep. We are going to be struggling with these things. And, and I know this. Gracie certainly knows it. But the purpose of this is not to take away those things and make you feel better. The purpose of all this is for us to be better mm-hmm. and healthier. Not trying to be happy, happy, happy all the time. But be healthy, healthy spiritually, emotionally, physically, financially, professionally, all of the above. This is Peter Rosenberger. This is Hope for the Caregiver. We're talking with Jim Stanley, who is responsible for me being <laughs> on the air at Hope for the, at American Fatal Radio with this program, Hope for the Caregiver. And I'm very grateful for him. Don't go away. we got more to go. We'll be right back. You've heard me talk about Standing with Hope over the years. This is the prosthetic limb ministry that Gracie envisioned after losing both of her legs. Part of that outreach is our prosthetic limb recycling program. Did you know that prosthetic limbs can be recycled? No kidding. There is a correctional facility in Arizona that helps us recycle prosthetic limbs. And this facility is run by a group out of Nashville called Core Civic. And we met them over 11 years ago. And they stepped in to help us with this recycling program of taking prostheses and you disassemble them. You take the knee, the foot, the pylon, the tube clamps, the adapters, the screws, the liners, the prosthetic socks, all these things. We can reuse and inmates help us do it. Before Core Civic came along, I was sitting on the floor at our house or out in the garage in, when we lived in Nashville, and I had tools everywhere, limbs everywhere, <laughs> and feet, boxes of them, and so forth. And I was doing all this myself, and I'd make the kids help me. And it got to be too much for me. And so I was very grateful that Core Civic stepped up and said, Look, we are always looking for faith based programs that are interesting and that give inmates a sense of satisfaction and we'd love to be a part of this, and that's what they're doing. And you can see more about that at standingwithhope.com slash recycle. So please help us get the word out that we do recycle prosthetic limbs. We do arms as well, but the majority of amputations are, are lower limb, and that's where the focus of standing with hope is. And that's where Gracie's life is with her lower limb prosthesis. And she's used some of her own limbs in this outreach uh, that she's recycled. I mean, she's been an amputee for over 30 years, so. You go through a lot of legs and parts and other types of materials, and you can reuse prosthetic socks and liners if they're in good shape. All of this helps give the gift that keeps on walking, and it goes to this prison in Arizona where uh, it's such an extraordinary ministry. Think about that. Inmates volunteering for this. They want to do it, and they've had uh, amazing times with it, and I've had very moving conversation with the inmates that work in this program and you can see, again, all of that at standingwithhope.com slash recycle. They're putting together a big shipment right now for us to ship over. We do this pretty regularly throughout the year as inventory rises, and they need it badly in Ghana. So please uh, go out to standingwithhope.com slash recycle and get the word out and help us do more. If you want to offset some of the shipping, you can always go to the giving page and be a part of what we're doing there We're purchasing material in Ghana that they have to use that can't be recycled. We're shipping over stuff that can be. And we're doing all of this to lift others up and to point them to Christ. And that's the whole purpose of everything that we do. And that is why Gracie and I continue to be Standing with Hope. Standingwithhope.com
1: Take my hand